0: people of earth it's bright garlic here and you're listening to dude's maxims this is episode number 11 and today dude will be talking about the perception of difference now i'd like to say something about how we ets or at least those of us who have got past aggression see difference and that will lead into the next part of the question Alright, now when you think of someone who is different to you, you start with how they look, their skin colour, their body shape, their interests, their spiritual beliefs, their education and so on. Once you begin, there is no end to the ways in which you can discover that they are different to you. And so when you look out into the world, you see lots of individuals who are different to you, and lots of groups of individuals who are different to the group that you most identify with that is the way that human beings have always functioned, and it isn't something that is likely to disappear for a long time. We agree? You see where I'm coming from? Yes? So this tendency for you humans to identify the way in which others of your kind are different to you is something that has been with your race since the beginning. It's something that has embedded itself into your biology in such a way that it takes considerable work by an individual or by an external entity, be it us ETs or other beings, to root it out of you. From the moment you are born, you are raised with difference. You are born as a male or a female, long before you have the chance to choose which gender you are most comfortable with, or which combination of genders you prefer and you are forced to wear a colour that your particular culture identifies or associates with that particular sex. Now depending on when and where that colour will change, but for the most part this distinction has been widespread among human beings, and then as you grow up and age you are given different ways to think about the world. It begins with your way of thinking. You think according to your basic senses. What you see primarily, but also what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, and what you feel with your skin. You learn to distinguish different things in your world according to how your senses are used to separate and categorize. Even though your bodies and your brains in particular synthesize an unbroken stream of information about what you are perceiving, you are taught to distinguish differences and so this way of distinguishing becomes your primary mode of perception. You are not taught as babies or as children how to feel a thing, how to feel a connection to a thing, how to understand the whole of the thing in terms of its feeling in relation to you or with you. You are taught how to perceive it as a separate thing that is either this or that, so this breakdown. To easy-to-understand categories lends itself to thinking in the same way. You look out, or perceive with whatever sense, and sense that there is you and there is some other thing, and that some other thing may be like you or may be different to you. Whenever you perceive that there is something different to you, you kick off an entire chain, or causal tree as you would say, of mental activities in relation to that thing, be it thoughts, examinations, assessments, values, judgments, analysis of how it fits with your beliefs, or some other way of scrutinising a thing. It can be very subtle, or much more coarse and obvious, depending on the particular importance of that thing, that object, you will react in different ways. If you sense that that thing poses you some kind of harm, whether real or imagined, you will react accordingly. Now your reactions may only be mental, or they may be physical. That is, you may take action towards it. Now if it is only mental, you will have other mental activities that arise as a result of that primary reaction. These can create feelings in the body and very powerful emotions. Everything triggers everything else, and if you are not careful, a simple mental reaction can trigger a cascade of different mental and physical responses. If on the other hand you react physically, you can then create an entirely different situation that in itself sets off a much larger cascade of both mental and physical events in yourself and in others. Wars arise from such things. But then, so do conflicts on any scale, whether it is an argument between a husband and his wife, or a conflict between a parent and a child, or a fight between two people who support opposing soccer teams. It doesn't matter, the same thing is true. An initial physical response will more likely trigger a cascade of reactions that involve others. So that's the human way of acting in response to the perception of difference. Now, sometimes you react in ways that have a positive or a beneficial flavor, and sometimes you react in a way that has a negative or harmful flavor. Whatever the case, it is your reactivity that does the harm. Not that you perceive something as different to you, but that you reacted directly, whether it was at the beginning or as a result of a chain of different effects. Now, whenever a human recognizes difference, He must always find some way of understanding how the thing is in relation to himself. Because of this, he will always know whether or not the thing is like him in some way or is different to him. But the tendency towards the recognition of difference is where the problem in human functioning begins. Man has the opportunity to notice when he engages with something else from the moment of the perception whether it is with his senses or with his internal perception, all of his mental activities. The moment that he recognises something He can see, he can experience that he has come in contact with something in which he has the opportunity to form relationship. If he recognises that is what it is, it bears both similarity to him and some difference to him, then he can choose, and we must say choose, then he can actively choose how his mind and his body responds to what he has distinguished through his perception. If he distinguishes something, he only sees as different, then he has made a fundamental error in his perception, and it would be useful for him to go away and to examine just how he perceives. He has the opportunity to understand that he is perceiving something that is both of the same essence as himself, and has a different essence as himself. He is the same as that thing, he is that thing. That is. Some of his essence is that thing, just as it is everything. And some of his essence is unique to him. That is his own expression of the deeper essence. When he recognizes that the essence which is in him is also in all of creation, he has the opportunity to pause for a moment and to consider that any mental response, any mental reaction to that essence, a response or a reaction to himself, and he has a choice. What does he do? Does he react adversely against himself and hurt or injure himself in some way? Or does he see what it actually is and act accordingly, with respect for the fact that this is his essence, this is his being that he sees, he experiences before him? Sure, he will also recognize another essence that is the distinct essence of that thing. But fundamentally, there is no difference between himself and all of creation. The only difference arises in how the essence has chosen to manifest its physical form. So when you ask how we are different, that is how we are different. We do not look out into existence and see and experience difference as you do. We experience ourselves, ourselves looking back at us. We experience more of us, and so even though we may have many different opinions and attitudes and beliefs and understandings and so on, at a fundamental level we recognise that we are the same, that we are one entity experiencing itself in a unique way, It's still the same entity. So what do we do? We take the time to become familiar with what is unique about each of us, how it is that unique experience of what is the same experiences reality differently. We get to know what we see differently and why that different way of seeing things exists and we try to find ways to accommodate difference and show respect for difference. We cannot function together, whether it is in the same room or as a collection of different races, if we do not take the time to get to know each other and what makes us tick, to use your phrase. We must be patient. Sometimes it is difficult and it is challenging, but we recognize that all beings, Whatever race they represent have their own valid opinions, their own valid cultures, their own valid ways of experiencing, of understanding, of knowing and of being in existence. And if we go in like a bull headlong into a situation judging people and knocking them over at every different situation where we disagree with them, we will only create more suffering. It is better for us to understand them and how they came to be what they are and how they come to understand and to function how they do. It is only by learning about others and trying to accommodate them that we can transcend the unique differences that would, if we let it, cause us to be different. So much so that we would separate from one another and have no interest in being what we are and in accommodating the needs of others. Some wise words there indeed. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. Take care and have a wonderful day of human life.